0: Welcome to the Hypnotoad Podcast and the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. It's your friend, it's your host, as always, Andrew Zimmel, as we have another jam-packed episode to go through everything. Well, TCU lost to Kansas on Monday, men's basketball, treading water, we'll get to that. Of course, we got to talk about the transfer portal, and TCU baseball having a really good weekend last weekend, and what does that mean going forward for the program? But first, we start off with Darius Davis who was drafted in the USFL. We're going to hit all of that and maybe a little bit more, but I want to remind you to subscribe, rate, review the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Best way to share the podcast is with your friends, of course, Horn Frog friends. Join the Hypnotoad journey, and of course, go follow the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network on Twitter as well as myself, at Andrew underscore Zimmel on Twitter if you want to interact with the show. All right, Darius Davis. USFL, why does this matter? Fourth-round pick, 30th overall to the Birmingham Stallions. Now, it's getting to be a lot. I'll be completely honest with you. I try to keep up with football as best as I can. The college football season, of course, is my favorite season in the NFL. A really good uh, supplement to that. My weekends are jam-packed during the fall with football. But I have to have a life. I have to be able to interact with different people. I I can't be in my... uh, my room all the time, watching all of these different football leagues, and now, between the XFL and the USFL, it feels like football never ends plus you got transfer portal stuff in college football, you have the NFL draft coming up. it just never ends, but I really care about this because I thought Davis deserved to get drafted in the USFL. I think the USFL is going to be a really good kind of a developmental program. For future NFL talent. And that's what I think that he's gonna use it for. And I hope that he's able to use it. Davis listed five foot ten, 175 pounds, not ideal when it comes to the size of NFL wide receivers, even at the slot position. NFL is a weird sport in that you either need to be a giant, like uh, Travis Kelsey, especially in the passing pass catching uh, camp. You either need to be the freak giant who can snag the ball out of the air, or you need to be Kind of like a, a a muscle hamster in a lot of ways. Julian Edelman listed right around six foot, maybe five ten, but he had a weight. You know, he's thick. Davis just doesn't have that at 175 pounds, more stringy. Now, very quick player. He was a top returner this past year. He won the Jet Award for top return specialist. Had finished a career with 1,500 yards, nine TDs, and 112 receptions. With TCU, all very respectable numbers. But the fourth round, 100 or 30th pick to the Stallions, feels like right around the right spot for him to go in the USFL draft. Now, without knowing Davis, without knowing his age, and without talking to anybody, I like the game plan. I like the blueprint. Because there's another TCU player who used this blueprint and is now playing in the National Football League. And that is Cavante uh, Turpin. Who, if you remember, he played uh, TCU... 2018 was his last year there. He got drafted by the New Jersey Generals, signed with the Dallas Cowboys this year, and uh, he's kind of a returner for the Cowboys. Came back to the uh, Metroplex area. I like the idea. I I like the thought that you don't have to go to Canada anymore. Even I had to go as close to Canada as possible to get my broadcasting career started, but you don't have to go to Canada anymore to kind of make an impact and potentially get back into the NFL. I, I like the idea, Turpin is 5'9", 153 pounds, so Davis has an inch on him and a couple pounds. I could see a situation like that opening up for him, especially as the NFL season kind of works its way closer, and look, I think it makes sense. Davis is going to probably play a full season for the Stallions, and then as the NFL tryouts, the walk-ons kind of start coming up, and, and you have a maybe some tryouts, there's a possibility that he's an unsigned free agent that goes and, you know, plays in the NFL. I'm curious to see, though, how these XFL and USFL contracts work because guys that join the training uh, squads, the the practice squads, who get these NFL tryouts, those paychecks are not what you and I think that they are. They're not that expensive. Like, they're, they're not expensive contracts for teams, which means they're not very good contracts for the players and there's a whole different conversation there but these aren't great money wise and i cannot imagine that the usfl is paying a fourth round pick a lot of money and i can't imagine that an nfl tryout is going to gain davis a lot of money either so just for my benefit i'm hoping that he has done a pretty good job when it comes to classes because the nfl dream only so many guys can make it darius davis USFL, hopefully things work out for uh, the pair. Hopefully the USFL can stick around, even if it means that it's going to kill my social life. All right, moving on. I was trapped, this is a little aside here, did a basketball game this past weekend in Fargo, North Dakota. And if you've been keeping up with uh, the Weather Channel, if you've been keeping up with how things are are looking in this area of the country, uh, you would be Not so surprised that I was trapped in my hotel room because of a blizzard. 60 mile per hour winds, snow coming sideways up and down. It's almost like that scene in Forrest Gump when they're walking in the jungles of Vietnam and he said that the rain started coming from uh, below. It's kind of how it feels with the snow. It's just everywhere. Well, I was trapped in my hotel room, which gave me a chance to watch TCU and Kansas play. And I was disgusted by how TCU played in this game. Not because they looked bad, but because it was a winnable game against the number three team in the country, Kansas. They came off in a super good win, a 25-point win against Oklahoma State. Now I understand. I get it. You know, the Cowboys aren't that great of a team. 25-point win against any opponent in college basketball, especially this season. Have you seen some of these teams? There's not a, a big gap between the Alabamas of the world, which are the number one team in the country, in case you were confused, if, if you haven't been keeping up with college basketball, it comes to a surprise to a lot of people. Especially with the information that's coming out uh, this week with uh, players and guns and violence. Okay, Alabama's still number one in the polls. The the, the facts are is that a 25-point win against Oklahoma State, I think that that matters. 175 win. Uh, This past weekend, six players for TCU in double figures, with Emmanuel Miller leading all TCU scores with 18. That's why it looks so bad that Kansas was able to come into Fort Worth and sneak out the win. Now, we do this every once in a while. We talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly when it comes to these basketball games. I think that's a really good way to chalk up a game. Because there's going to be good, there's going to be bad, and then there's always going to be something ugly, especially in college basketball. We'll start with the bad. TCU shot 30% from the floor and missed eight free throws. And when you count or when you take into account the missed free throws and you can not account the way the game ended with Kansas not being able to make a shot and we'll get there in a second. Not being able to make a shot for almost 5 minutes to end the game. Those eight missed free throws essentially tipped the game, okay? <laughs> Lose by five points, the final score was 63-58 to in case you weren't keeping track of this past week. When you lose by five points and you miss eight free throws, your Monday morning quarterbacks and your Monday morning podcasters, myself included, are going to point at those eight free throws misses and say, hey, what the hell? That was a winnable game. That was a game that you could have taken. And we'll get here in a moment when we talk about bracketology and stuff like that. But that was a a big game um, for how... I think TCU and, and and the the way that the NCAA bracket's going to shake out for the Frogs. All right, the good. So TCU shot 30% from the floor, but Kansas didn't do much better. 39% from the floor, and TCU out-rebounded the Jayhawks on the offensive glass 12-9. to Why does that matter? Well, getting those second-chance opportunities is a really big deal, especially for this TCU squad who has sometimes has tough shots, you know, sometimes they end up in streaks where they're not able to put the ball in the hole. Being able to clean up the glass and get second, third chance opportunities, it's going to be massive, massive, massive for this team going forward. Look, we're, we're getting to the back half of the season. Shoot, we're getting to the back half of the back half of the season. Okay, we, we are in the the winning time for TC basketball. Them still being able to have the effort to clean up the glass And against a team like Kansas that does a pretty good job rebounding the ball, that's impressive to me. Uh, The ugly. Now, this is what I was getting at. Kansas was unable to make a shot in the final 445, and they still won the game. They still won the game. I cannot stress to you enough how frustrating it was, not only not being able to get home uh, and stuck in my hotel room, but to just shout at my TV saying, somebody, please make a shot here. Okay. Now, look, TCU's defense doing a great job to to prevent a astounding a really talented Kansas team from scoring for almost 5 minutes. If you can get that and kind of just put that in a bottle and use that at any point in the season, I think most teams would take that for a, for a defensive showing. But to lose that game, and that's what I'm talking about when I say TCU getting their teeth kicked by the Jayhawks, that hurts. Number three team in the country comes into your home court, and it was a great atmosphere. It was an incredible atmosphere, but man, oh man, did it? It sucked. Mike Miles, he came back in a big way, 13 points. Hopefully, him coming back is kind of the um, benchmark of where, uh, just a good sign, right? Like, it, it's a good watermark of where this team is. If his health coming back, scoring 13 points, it, if his health is still in question, TC doesn't have a shot. Doesn't have a shot when we talk about bracketology, when we talk about trying to even get out of the first round. If he's not healthy, at least at 80%, 90%, we're going to need more than 13 points from Junior in games in the tournament. That's where I'm going to leave it at. Um, His health is really what's going to change the trajectory of what this season turns into. All right, wrapping it up, bracketology. TCU is still projected as a six seed. Depends on, what, uh, depends on what math you go off of. But currently, from the numbers I've seen, 99% chance of making the tournament, which I'll take. They would be one of six teams in the Big 12 to make the tournament, including, of course, Kansas State and Kansas and Texas, right? All those teams would make it, TCU included in that group. To make the tournament 99% chance, TCU basketball, and the Big 12 in in totality here, guys, pretty big freaking deal, okay? Like, I I cannot stress to you enough, when you talk to fans across the country about the best basketball conferences, the Big 12 not normally comes up in conversation. Normally, it would be the Pac-12, the Big 10. I would argue this year the Big 12 has been the best basketball conference, and we'll see if that shakes out in the tournament. TCU, 99% chance of making the tournament, but only a 5.7% chance of making the Final Four. Pretty good odds, all things considered. Uh, When you look at the other teams in the Big 12, I think the only other team with a better shot right now is Kansas. I think that they have like a 9% shot at the Final Four. A couple of two seeds projected for Kansas State and Kansas, of course, uh, in in the different regions. TCU still locked in pretty much as a six seed. All right, moving on, transfer portal news, and this is not good news, so keep that, keep your uh, expectations low as we're trying to touch on the transfer portal as players are coming in and coming out. Again, very uh, malleable situations for a lot of these guys. TU tight end, Gorkarius Spivy. Gorkarius Spivy, tight end. Reportedly entering the transfer portal that happened earlier this past week after two seasons with TCU. Spivy recorded 11 catches, 139 yards, and one TD as a Horn Frog. Former four-star prospect, he started his career in Starksville, spent three seasons with the Bulldogs before transferring to Fort Worth, where he began his career under Gary Patterson. So, not one of the Sonny Dykes boys. He's going to move on and... I'd be kind of curious to see where he ends up. How many teams are looking for a uh, tight end this late after signing day as spring ball is coming right around the corner. Where do you end up? I saw an interesting stat the other day talking about the transfer portal that I think it was like 500 Division I basketball players. Now granted, Division I football, Division I basketball, two kind of separate beasts, but the transfer portal works the same for both, uh, both sports. Something like 500 Division One basketball players went homeless. Like not, I mean, not physically didn't have a home. I mean, just they left the program that they started at and could not find a spot on another Division One program. So they had to go to D two, NAIA, maybe a couple junior college guys. But just something you don't see a whole lot of, right? Like these guys, you know. And I hope Spivvy has a very good career. I hope he has a good life after leaving TCU. But it's just something that you don't talk about a lot of times because when we talk about the transfer portal. You see big-name quarterback, Tate Martell's of the world, right? Bo Nix's of the world, just to name two off the top of my head, who go to different programs and then immediately become starters or make an impact, okay? Uh, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, two guys who left the program they originally were at and go win Heisman's other places. But what we don't talk about is the amount of guys who leave programs, who leave roster spots, and more importantly, scholarships on the table, to go somewhere else and, and try to make an impact somewhere else. And, you know, whatever works, you know, it's their lives, and they should have the freedom to leave whenever they want to leave. We talk about it all the time with coaches. You know, coaches can leave whenever they want to leave, so why can't players? I get it, totally get it. But it is something to keep an eye out for and something to kind of think about. And, again, I saw it, I think it was like 500 Division I basketball players in 2021-22 just went without another Division I home. Just something to keep an eye on when we talk about these guys either transferring out or... Or if, if, say, you're a fan of another team and you see a guy transferring out. Just something to, to kind of think about. All right, TCU, baseball, goes 2-1 and one in the Globe Life uh, Classic. Only loss came in extra innings to Missouri, and if you watch that game, it was the last game of the tournament, and TCU's pitching was kind of, uh, I don't want to say running out, but when you play three really good teams back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, that ends up happening. Picked up two wins over top-ten teams. Climbed from number 14 to number 8 in the polls. So TCU Baseball, for the first time this season, is in the top 10. Again, this is not shocking to TCU Baseball fans. We did a whole podcast last week on TCU Baseball on how they are actually the best program in uh, the Big 12. They're actually one of the best programs historically in the last 10 years in college baseball. Even though they do not have the titles to show for it, regular season-wise, this has been a juggernaut. They're doing an excellent job over there. Uh, TCU leads the Big 12. Now, granted, after one weekend of baseball, okay, I I got in trouble on Twitter for making a big deal out of the first weekend. People were kind of giving me some flack saying, like, well, it's only one weekend. Well, it's three games against top ten teams. You know, it, it counts. I, I think it counts. First weekend leads the Big 12 in batting average, 360 after the first weekend to play. Austin Davis, Big 12 player of the week, and of course. Because he was player of the week, he's going to be the player of the week on this podcast as well. So we're going to try to do this a little bit more. I didn't, I we, you know, we're, we're learning, we're growing, we're, we're keeping things moving. All right. We're going to start trying to do a player of the week when it comes to this podcast. Hypno Toe player of the week. Try to spotlight a guy or gal because we really, we, we, I need to be better about the women's sports and that'll, we'll, we'll get there. But spotlighting a player, Austin Davis. Because this is a guy who I think uh, he didn't get a lot of prep, didn't get a lot of talking about when uh, he came into the season. Grad student started or starts the season 7 of 13, five RBIs and a home run in uh, the Globe Life Series. Grad student played 164 games with 36 starts in four seasons with Big 12 rival WVU. Yeah. Career 313 hitter, 160 hits, 25 doubles at his time in uh, Morgantown. He was first team all Big 12 last season. This is the thing that really caught my attention, right? The home runs, the RBIs, the really good good trip, uh, or I should say the really good weekend he had this past weekend. All things that to the average viewer, to the person who's just looking surface level, will catch your attention. I totally get it. I, I'm the same way. Casual fans are casual fans. I get it. The thing that caught my attention is that a player who was Big 12 all last season, who was on a WVU team that was kind of middle of the road, to be completely honest with you, deciding to come to Fort Worth and come to TCU, just as another, I think, feather in the cap of this athletic department. What do I mean by that? Well, if you are a player on a different team who's coming to Fort Worth is in the visiting locker room, is on campus, is looking around. You know, I don't think they're going to the classrooms. I know, in fact, they're not going to the classrooms. You're going to the athletic facility. You're walking around. You're looking around. You're looking at the stands. You're looking at the fans. You're thinking to yourself, man, I could see myself here in 12 months, six months, eight months. And that's what exactly happened with Austin Davis. Comes to Fort Worth a couple times, plays a couple games, goes to a Big 12 tournament, sees the way TCU plays, says, I could fit in here. Hey, there's an open roster spot, I can make an impact immediately. And when I get a chance, I can flourish. When I get a chance to play, I can make something happen. All I'm saying is that it does not shock me, especially with the transfer portal rules. We just got done talking about that. But transfer portal rules, very loose, the Wild Wild West. For guys to be in conference, to look across the field, and say to my, themselves, you know, I could see myself in the other team's dugout. I like it. That's all I'm going to say. I think that we're doing a pretty good job as an athletic facility to uh, make make, uh, players see themselves in uh, TCU uniforms. Something uh, something to think about as we go forward, especially with football and basketball. And, of course, in this case, baseball. That is going to do it for us. Another week of the Hypnotoad Podcast in the books. want to thank you guys uh, for listening, for subscribing. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Send us proof, and you have a chance to win a koozie, a Heartland College uh, sports koozie. It's very cool. Uh, if you are into cold beverages, personally... As the weather continues to get worse and worse and worse where I'm at, I'm probably only going to be drinking warm beverages from here on out. That'll do it. Put another one in the books. I will talk to you guys next week on the Hypnotoad Podcast on the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network.